0: To unveil, this. so our podcast was called Unveil this earlier this year. Yep. Yeah. Why did we pick that name? I don't
1: remember. Uh, I don't know. I think they something about something about the concept of uh, of truth, like unveiling. The word the word unveiling means like the word truth means to unveil and reveal, yeah. right? Yeah. So we were like, oh, that's kind of a cool. I think concept. it sounds like a cool name. Was, Maybe it, we were just looking just for a an, name, looking for a name for our podcast.
0: But when yeah. so then. We took a break, a long break. I can't remember the last time we published a podcast. Probably like March or something like that. Yeah, and six um, months at least, at least. And um, and so we've been. We've got to get back to podcast, mm-hmm. podcasts. Podcasts. We love this conversation. We, right? How many? We say it like, yep. once, twice a month. Anyways, when we said, okay, what do we what do we really want it to be about? Let's get a little more focused. Mm-hmm. And as we start talking about the ideas, then we kind of said, hey, the unveiled name works perfectly so mm, unveiled yeah. now for us mm. kind of means we want to interview people I'm going to start by interviewing you today we want to interview people about what's okay hey, what's going on in your life what what's what's catching your imagination what what bone are you chewing on these days but then we want to get go a little deeper maybe the end question is going to be something along the lines of um, why is that idea interesting to you now What's going on mm-hmm. with you? What's your movement? What's your how are you journeying? Cuz that's what you and I are yeah, most I think interested the, in, right?
1: The stuff that you know you and I are fascinated with is 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 human growth, healing. Um, obviously the the intersection on psychedelics is so important because we found a tool. All of this is just a tool. We found a tool that can allow people to access states inside themselves that are really been hard for a lot of people to get to, whether that's healing of trauma or whether that's just falling in love with your, your best, deepest self. Yeah. But that experience of growth and personal development and finding that spark inside of you, we're fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. And I, um, The idea of sitting down with people who have gone on psychedelic journeys and they're willing to come on our show and say, Hey, let me tell you about, not just like what happened in your trip. <clears throat> I'm more interested in the larger. How is the experience that you've had with psychedelics impacting how you see yourself, yeah. the world, you know, others, nature? How is it changing you? So just to be clear, the, we're not yeah. just only about psychedelics, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Where you just said, like, that's one of the... That's one of the themes. One of the that's themes. one of the streams we're going to bring in. Right, yeah.
1: right, right. Yeah. Uh, and because it's such an easy one to work with,
0: right? So maybe let's let's even start there yeah. and just kind of jump into where you're at, because I think psychedelics has been uh, fairly important. So maybe like you kind of yeah. go where you want, but I'm I'm curious, Peg, a, you know, best friend, very connected to you. I've seen big changes in you mm. over the last two three years. Yeah. Um, so maybe connect some dots. Mm. Um, where does psychedelics fit into that? Where does your own growth, your own mm-hmm. journey through life? Parenting, career-wise, mm. so kind yeah. of where we want to start in there. How did this this latest kind of stage of life begin? Mm. When where do you where do you start it for yourself?
1: You know, it's a it's what a cool what a cool um, what a cool topic. Obviously, it's it's fun to be with someone um, you know me so well, and then I get to sit in a space and kind of do some self reflection. Right? Yeah, you, right. How often do you you know say, hey, for the next hour, we're going to talk about How you encountered these substances and what how has it shifted you, Peg? And how are you different? And what is now making you feel alive? Right, but
0: I'm I'm also saying like not like tell me about this stage and in that is these are these substances Uh, that have been as opposed to I just I mean yes I'm curious about the substances, but I'm also curious about how How they came into your life, Mm. uh, why they came into your life, what Mm. like you're a smart guy, and also like I say, there's a convergence of lots of different vectors like your career, who you are as a as a parent, who you are Mm -hmm. as a husband, who you are Mm. as a human. So like that's I go kind of curious like Mm. when you if you reflect back, when did this particular movement in your life begin? What was Mm. the when did it start for you?
1: Well, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, it starts, you know, you and I start on this journey probably four or five years ago. The psychedelics? Yeah. 2015. Yeah. Six years. Yeah. So I I would say uh, the first article I read that caught my attention was called, I think it was a Time Magazine or Newsweek or something like this, it was called The God Molecule. I remember that. Oh, okay. It was probably 2015. Yeah. And it was The God Molecule. Um, how current research at Johns Hopkins University is using uh, psilocybin. That that was the first time I heard that word, psilocybin. Right, right, right. not know What that word even meant. How they are using psilocybin to access deep spiritual experiences. People are encountering, their, the best experience they can say is, I met God on a six-hour trip with mushrooms. And I read that going, Hmm. You got my attention. So
0: 2015, Peg, you were, I wouldn't call you agnostic per se, yeah. but but you were not like a spiritual person. Yeah.
1: No, like, not, I mean, yeah. I wouldn't want to be dismissive. No, 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 yeah. Of course
0: you have, you were always spiritual in a yeah. sense, but you were kind of had deconstructed a lot of stuff and you were, you were more into like, I shouldn't, I've got to say this properly, but, um, you know, run for water.
1: Yeah. Now, social social justice. justice. Yeah, for me, the concepts of spirituality, like, okay, rewinded Peg's life, sure. right? Grew up in an uh, evangelical home uh, with pretty rigid, you know, Mennonite norms of morality and behavior. Um, like, this is what this is how you please God. You do these kinds of, right. you know, evangelical, you know, classic evangelical. Evangelical
0: wisdom. 101 yeah. Abbotsford Boom, style. Right?
1: right. I, I, and I'm in. And I, as a young kid, I was. I remember being age seven or eight fascinated with communion. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, they're, they're saying there's some kind of weird connection with divine. I love your brain, man. And it was like, so... You're trying to make sense of yes, this ritual that you yes. did once a month. Yeah, and they're like a little cup of juice and a piece of bread. And part of me goes, I want to have a snack. You know, I like... Why do we get to eat at church and it's I'm not allowed the best allowed thing to? that was going on in church at the time. And I wasn't allowed access to it. Oh, Because okay. I wasn't okay. a baptized person and in the Mennonite tradition you have to be baptized as a believer, a believer's baptism, not as a child, right? Believers baptism in order to access communion. Oh, okay. So I'm like, I I remember going but to my parents, I want to take communion and they're like, Well you can't because you have to be baptized. Well I'm gonna be baptized and they're like, Well you have to do a twelve week course (laughs) with the pastor then with new members. And I'm like, Well I wanna do that then. And That's they're so like, funny. you can't. Like you're eight, you can't do that. You have to be. Was oh, that an right adult. in in middle eight? That wasn't the. You at high, two, you know, when guys. you're in high school, it's like confirmation. They would kind oh, okay. of. Well, you're in high school. You could take if you really wanted that, but most kids didn't want to take like. A twelve week course on baptism and communion, like from a pastor. That's a it weird would, thing. would have been in the category of like, hey, I, I want to play the
0: guitar, and your dad buys you a guitar, and you play for like a week, yeah, and then you don't play the guitar I, ever. again. They
1: thought that it was going to be that. that's, and there's no they way they like, want. Oh sure, you that if that. you as an eight or nine year old want to go to the members class with all the seniors that are going to get baptized or whatever, like with <laughs> during Sunday school class, right. you want to miss out on your playtime with that's all nice. your kids. You're going to go do that? I went, like, yep, and my dad's like. Okay, uh, so he I remember good for him. He said I I'm curious how long this is going to last, but I remember him taking me to the class and saying my son would like to do this and the pastor was like, "Well, oh, okay. Uh I think it was like Rudy Boschman. I think the guy's name was Pastor Rudy Boschman and in 1980 or something like that, 1979 or something. And I uh yeah, so I had and so if you think what was your motivation on that? Yeah. It was I I had a desire to connect with God I really did I had a it was it wasn't just how do I be cool or you know be baptized and take the communion it was I think this is an opportunity to connect mm. with the divine at some mm. level and I pretty sure you weren't using that term no exactly the whatever you, it was at my stage you're connecting
0: yeah. this to you're remembering and going oh yeah that's what it was I was
1: interested in that yes there was a calling a drawing yes, and yes it, yeah, a yeah, deep yeah, drawing yeah, in me yeah, yeah. as a kid Wow, that i wanted that and and i and that never went away like that mm. that always stuck with me my whole life of Absolutely. desire to deepen some kind of spiritual connection with god whatever that meant and in my framework it was you know jesus and god and it was very you know very male in its orientation yeah, but that's yeah. all i knew but yeah um and so it was enough to get get that thing moving for you yeah and I high school I I got serious about quote serious about my faith and you know wanted to plant my flag and do all that stuff but it came out of a desire to really wanted to Hmm. be a spiritual person like I really had that longing and uh as I as I kind of went through life and got kind of kept on, what's the next level of to deepen that? It you know you got to go to Bible school, Bible school, and then do seminary, and then I mean I was being trained by Ravi Zacharias. Yeah, you were yeah. turned tur- turned out to be a, a nightmare guy, but an abusive human. abusive yeah. terrible person. Yep, yeah. yeah. um, but I went to yeah I went there because I really wanted to understand faith and connect with God and all of that, and uh, got. Became a pastor for the same kind of reason. Wanted. I loved having conversations about faith, God, life, spirituality. Those were topics that I've always been fascinated with, and becoming a pastor seemed like a really good place to work that stuff out. Yeah, yeah. You like it, I, I think just the image in my mind when you're saying that is you're
0: swimming in a, a stream. Yeah. You are swimming. You yeah. you feel so. You're moving towards something. It's just not really. Fully landed yet? Yeah, yeah this, and yeah.
1: so I'm thinking maybe if I just do another thing, it'll I'll finally feel this deep connection with God. And people would talk about their relationship with Jesus, for instance, and and even when I met you, you had a different kind of faith than I had. It it felt more personal. It felt like, um, hey, Dave talks about having this kind of connection with Jesus, and I'm like, I have an intellectual connection to theology. Concepts very very important to you. Yeah, like brain candy. Yeah, yeah. Like R.C. Sproul and the White White Horse Horse, White Horse Inn, and these guys, uh, these these thinkers gave me reformed uh, ideas, yeah, and And all that stuff was just still just a a boy trying to connect with God. That's but but again, I I, this is helping me
0: understand that Peg, because you know there you were in your mid twenties. And think of what's going on in your brain. You're really starting to get your kind of ideal, idealism, your mm-hmm. ideologies of life. Yeah. And so it was great. Our worldview
1: was being formed.
0: Right. Yeah. And and yet not, you You
1: were always aware of the problems. Mm-hmm. But it was
0: enough to kind of keep you going until
1: yeah. obviously it didn't. Yeah. yeah. And and then, you know, a number of things began to deconstruct that, yeah. you know, yeah. one of the first being, you know, experiencing loss of, of babies. Yeah. And uh, when we lost Joshua as a stillborn that my whole problem of evil concept of mm. you know thinking that there's a way to connect with god if you just did all the right behaviors you're going to have this kind of happy life and and it, which is such a such a childish concept but that's all i, that's maybe, all I had maybe
0: but it, it uh i if i rem- remember there's an element of feeling betrayed
1: hundred percent i i and I, and in, in hindsight it's like oh Peg, hey, you bought into a, a system, a worldview that promised you something, um, and you did it by the book. You were, you know, I bought into purity culture, I bought into the suppression of sexuality. As um, as a really healthy thing, not knowing how destructive it was in my body, mm. not knowing how what it, how what that did in the you know in the desire mechanism in our marriage, we had no idea how the the, okay. the decade of hell we were going to experience in the in our bedroom because of these belief systems.
0: Can I pin for later? Yeah. I don't want to yeah. take off your thing, but can we talk later on about the concept of spiritual religious abuse? Yeah, because I I think. Your experience fits into that, in my opinion, mm-hmm. as do probably most of the people are listening to. Us. So yeah. I'd like maybe to kind of touch on that, what that would be. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. So, so things are falling apart. I think things are the church apart. wasn't going all that yeah, great. Yeah.
1: And my experience being a, a pastor um, was, uh, I I began to see so many shortfalls in, less than in satisfying. our verses, <laughs> very less than satisfying. I began to, you know, I I began to feel the the I you know, get I have language now to make sense yeah, what was right, happening right, in my twenties. Right. That's good, good. But it's these it's the the, the force of patriarchy hmm. and it's male power and in a church setting that has been given now it's hitch, it's hitched to God. So Wow It's masculine patriarchal Mayor, patriarchy patriarchy white man, power, hitched power. To, yep. God. Hitch to God. Hitched to God. And I wow. I got confronted with that in the sense of I'm working for a pastor that is that is operating under that model, and it was uh, it was really hard for me to experience that. And then I then you got out and got into academia. Yeah, and I thought oh that's gonna be that's gonna be easier. I'll get out of uh, get out of the church where I'm. Uh, it's, this isn't fitting anymore. My worldview of God didn't include hell anymore. It didn't. Uh, it wasn't. I wasn't able to have a a system of the divine or God that would exclude gay people, gay and lesbian people. There's no way that fit into my worldview anymore. And so... We're talking like
0: late 90s. Yeah. Which very progressive or radical or whatnot. Especially you were
1: teaching at Simon Fraser. Yeah. You're also teaching at Trinity Western. Yeah. And... and so, you know, I was having obviously big confrontations in my worldview, and, um, and I would hear your students loved you, man. Yeah, your,
0: was, your Trinity students. Mm. You were saying something. This this kind of group of twenty somethings yeah. at the time were blown away because they must have been feeling the same. They were, and, and I
1: and I think if I could look back now. Yeah. One of the areas that really it just by accident took shape was I began to connect with gay and lesbian students at Trinity Western, mm. and they would come underground. There was no society. There was no way in the '90s. There was no place for them to really go on, campus. Not on that campus. Nope. no. Nope. And so they would come to me in my office hours because I talk openly in my ethics class and my Christianity and culture class. Did that surprise you that they came? Were you ready yeah? For that? I I would just talk openly about how the church needed to deal with this issue and we needed to be seen as a as a safe and welcoming place for gay students to be able to navigate this right. and how hard that would have been if you were growing up in a, in a in a home that was trying to kind of get the gay out of you or send you off to camps and that and so i was aware of that stuff and i was talking about it in class and then i'd have students come to me and say hey something you said in class really connect with me and I'd love to be able to come and talk to you during office hours." And then I'd say, sure. And then they'd come in and begin, they'd just break down mm. and start weeping about their, their, their sexuality. What was that like for you? It was, um, that I was angry. Yeah. I was angry at the system that I was part of and the school and the church. I was just seeing, you know, I saw these young kids who just, had their lives just ripped open and just ravaged by sadness and aloneness and pain of being rejected by the only people they know. Think about about the attachment injuries now. We have these, again, talking about language that's happening, right? Your mother and father, the people that are supposed to keep you safe, are saying, we are going to reject you, and you can no longer live in our house. So I had one student, I remember, it was like, April no, March and the school's ending and the student had said I over spring break came out to my parents and they said, You're you, you're no longer allowed welcome back in our house if you come home from Trinity. And the student was saying, I don't know what to do, I don't know where I'm gonna live. I'm nineteen years old. My parents say I can't I don't have a job that can support that and my parents are saying you, you're no longer a welcome in our house. So he had to make or she had to make yeah. a choice yeah. between their own emerging identity as a human yeah, yeah. and affiliation with yeah, the family, yeah. belonging in their belonging and their belonging, yeah, so that really began to galvanize you know a sense of yeah. how, um, how 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 Destructive. This worldview. It wasn't neutral anymore. It wasn't just like, well, some people like, you know, Brian McLaren, and other people don't like Brian McLaren and his emerging theology. It that wasn't. It wasn't like a, a kind of, oh, some people like this approach to church. Some people like this approach. It wasn't. It you know maybe what started as, hey, there's some really neat ideology that's coming on in the emerging church scene and postmodern church scene, and those are, that's the language we were using at the time. But really, it began to give me some these experiential moments when I'm sitting with people that are going, "We're being spit out by the system. We're being, we're being destroyed by the system." You know, that's right. I got to get out.
0: It was right in that time that Nexus was birthed. Yeah, was started to form. And you and I, uh, two things. You, this was your thing. You said it a lot. There's a scene from Les Mis, where you know Jean Jean Valjean, comes into that village, and yeah. and he's just, he's a, he's a convict, or he's a, he's
1: been a letter to jail, on parole or whatever, yeah. he has no, 20 st- years, no I'm a murderer, he, right, I'm gonna, there's no one will take me in, I, I, and he comes to, uh, you know, how, where am I gonna go, no one will take me in, i everyone thinks I'm a murderer, and, and uh, they're like, well, you haven't tried that door over there, right, you would, that, yeah. the
0: passion of a coming to your yeah. door, as you
1: say, Dave, I want to be that
0: door, I want to be, wanna be door. the door that the outcasts, feel at home in because yeah. I'm an outcast yeah. and so there was that but a piece that just as you're saying that really stirs me you know we were you know I was almost 15 years ago but we were captivated by this idea that we don't care what you say mm. if ethics right if it leads to this behavior if it leads to exclusion, exclusion. Yeah. right yeah that yeah. that was yeah. so huge
1: yeah this like, it, it began, and I think that, if it, again, it's so fun looking back now, right, to go, because now I have way better language to understand right, what's right, going right, on, right. right? It was moving it from, like, um, kind of a head thing, like, just the ideas down into almost, like, nervous system issues about do people feel safe and belonging? Yeah. That's different than again, what you believe. No, that's language now. Yes. As you're looking back,
0: you're saying, we wanted to create a community where a nervous system could be safe. That's right. Where people could feel yes. each other and feel safe with each other. That's right. At very foundational
1: core levels. And we knew wow, that. That's interesting. Man. And that's so that issue of safety. Um, it and for us, it when we started Nexus, it was we are going to base this on a notion of God that God is love, God is accepting of all that you are, and we, we use language of in before you're out. We were still trying to play with ideas of, you know, okay, heaven or hell. We, we didn't we're believe in the theology. We were still yes. within theology. We were doing our best. We were doing our best. And because. we were evolving
0: our yeah. theology.
1: We evolved over a yep. 12, 13 year period. And Robert Robert Capon was a really important uh, Anglican Voice, yeah. Episcopalian minister that gave us some language using the parables of Jesus at, at really flipping it on its head to say Jesus was building a concept of the kingdom that was, it sounded more like Buddha than it did like some, yeah, you know. Yeah. It was a very different notion of um, of kind of an, an, yeah, an inclusionary theology that says all are welcome. But the polemic Everyone's was strong. Yeah, we, he, yeah.
0: The case was was yeah. solid. Yeah. And and also you were really, you and Heather were Really, starting into the primary years of of childhood. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. when when
1: was Annie born? She was. Like, yeah, Annie was ninety. Okay. So she's like she's like a little girl. Milan yeah. Starting into yeah. Yeah. into yeah, like in ninety-six kind of thing. So Milan's five. You know, four or five at the time. Where we're really by by the late nineties. We're yeah. You and I are are talking about what does it mean to, to kind of. Parent your children. Authentic marriage. Yeah. Authentic parenting. Yeah. So we were leading. Yeah. We were leading, all of that was on all the that table. stuff. Yeah. And I was doing engage encounter, marriage encounter, yeah. stuff on sexuality and marriage, parenting. These really felt experiences that I, th- I thought needed new ways of framing that were so much richer than Tim LaHaye stuff that we got from the I, 70s and 80s. I I, wa- so I still do
0: watch you, you guys and your family, but you guys committed we are going to commit to raising our mm-hmm. children based on these ideas of love of inclusion of mm-hmm. of um yeah life could get messy yeah but that's okay
1: we we wanted to prepare them like and so yes, I, yeah, yeah, that yeah. model of there's two ways of parenting you can protect them which is the typical christian model let's get them you know cradle to grave in a christian environment oh. Let's keep them in a Christian elementary school. Let's keep them in, go to MEI. Let's go to Trinity Western. And I use those words very, very intentionally because that is the ethos in which I live. I mean, I was, I had taught at Trinity Western. I went to MEI. So yeah, this yeah. was all in me. And yet I was saying, maybe protection isn't the mechanism that will allow children to thrive later because on. Because you were
0: meeting these students in your class exactly. that were parented for protection yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were they, not doing no, well. They were not doing and well. And even the other ones weren't yeah. doing well. Yeah, You would push them. I remember you would say, oh, yeah. I would challenge them. I go
1: one level in their whole worldview classes. Yeah. So you're like, <clears throat> I, rather than protection, what if we had preparation? Yeah. And that was a kind of a quite a... Quite a shift to say we want our kids to learn to make mistakes, so admire you and be okay curious. with the mistakes. And mistakes yeah. are going to get bigger while they're in their teenage years. We're going to allow a lot of autonomy, a lot, way more than people around us were open to. And I remember we got a lot of heat. Yeah, we oh, you did. Yeah, it caused problems. Yeah, Peg and Heather are other permissive parents, and all that. I get it, and yeah, there's lots of stuff but, that but we were weren't wa- being permissive. I don't know a
0: parent, parenting uh, couple that was more committed to intentional strategic engaged parenting and oh. it's not like it's not like hey we're being permissive it's like they're becoming an adult yeah they've got to figure this out yeah and yet that yeah that means these things yeah. but i'd much rather them figure it out during their high school years yeah. Yeah. when that's life supports it yeah, right. as opposed to you know later in on 40s. in your 30s
1: and 40s right? I, I
0: remember this one you and I did you invited me to help you with one of your engagement encounters oh, yeah, yeah. at your house. Okay. And it was I think it was largely Trinity mm. couples okay. who were getting married. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and at the time we, we would just give them questions, we do a little talk, yeah. we give them questions. They go, they go, right, go right. They go right, right and yeah. come back and, and so we talked about change and development and, and the question that we asked them is, um, what what would you do as a couple or how would you talk through it if ten years from now one of you oh. left uh, Christianity left. Yeah, he's like, faith. "Hey, I'm. I don't know if I'm going to be going to church anymore." Yeah, it was just like it's just a conceptual yeah. question. We yeah, just like, like, what would you do? Know how do you handle you... that? as a couple. And and so we sent them away to write. Yeah. And I think there was like ten or eleven couples. And like eight of them came back. And both of them had said, "Oh, it won't happen."
1: Yeah, and, uh, we, we don't we want to like, write on that because it's impossible. No, we never will lose our faith.
0: And I remember you and I just like, oh. like first of all, <laughs> we're just asking you to answer a question. We're not telling you to give up your faith. Right. And but. Like, mm. do you know how much change happens in a human being oh, in 10 man. years? Oh, my goodness. L- and, like, holy cow, you are basing your relationship man. around a structure that is not going to work. And so, I'm, someone's going to lie. Yeah. Me. So, go ahead. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah. That was, I remember that too. Yeah. And just being shocked at that. And, but that's that, that mindset yeah. of... It'll um, just be the same. We'll just bake, bake it and, in. We'll right. all become... We'll make... You know, I'll make sure our kids are Christian. Make yeah. sure they make their decision for the Lord. So fearing. And then we'll just keep them safe. And, you know, never we'll have... You know, so, yeah, I... So then then we come to 2015, Peg, this way. Yeah. Where kind of,
0: and I go... I would say, you and I were... Again, we were always so close. Mm-hmm. But I remember us having a conversation mm-hmm. in the back room behind Nexus one Sunday evening. And... We 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 weren't like having an argument, but you know how we would used to go at yeah. each other a little bit, like when we weren't on the yeah. same page, and we we're trying to like, how are we gonna talk tonight? Yeah. And you kind of just said to me something like, I, "I don't know if I even believe in God, Dave." Yeah, like I, like, like I'm not saying I don't care about Nexus. I mean, yeah. I love these. I love, but but when you talk about God like that, you you lose me. Yeah, you would say like, "I'm not on the same and, wavelength." And, you know, as you.
1: and at this time too, like you know again it's such a f- interesting process to begin i'm involved in a run for water yeah and i'm spending weeks and weeks of my year four trips a year two to three weeks at a time in remote villages that are f- experiencing real life pain fair enough. depravity trauma like girls Canada is a bubble in yes city. exactly yeah. so if you want to take if you think Abbotsford is a bubble and then there's Trinity is a bubble and then Canada is another bubble. I'm like, I broke, I got into this and I had to make sense of a God that was in, again, a notion of God that was still pulling levers. It was a still, you know, and so I walked away from that notion of it can't be that I can pray hard enough and then God will help the people in Africa. And if I don't pray hard enough, he won't. I know that was a bunch of horse manure.
0: Yeah, it like a, I, I get that, Peg. You were just you were just in a different world. And the world of Abbotsford yeah. was just not Too cutting small. it. Wasn't cutting it, it on the larger It doesn't. End. It doesn't make sense of world
1: right. issues. It doesn't make sense of the big things that I'm trying to navigate on this planet. So it was like, eh. I don't need this weird notion of God. It doesn't never, exist be, even to me. To be fair, you were never like cynical.
0: No, like you never like said there's no such thing as spirituality, and it just wasn't interesting to you. Anymore. Yeah, it just wasn't what you wanted to. Think wasn't about. praying. Yeah, right, you were into an and you were engaged, man. You were you oh, were social justice. You let's were, do something. You were, let's do make it practical. Right. right. Like, and so it Nexus yep. ended because you know I was doing my thing and you were yep. doing your thing and yep. and I, I think we came to a place. I think we kind of said to each other one day, "I don't know if we have anything more to say." Right. Like we, we've kind of said what we want to say, and you know, we're, yeah. just, we're kind of saying the same thing. You yeah. know, people are like happy to receive yeah. it, but
1: it just was done. Yeah. It just kind of done. Twenty sixteen. It just kind of yeah. Kind of ended. And and so kind of, I was okay with that because I yeah didn't have much more to say. I didn't have a relationship with God. I just didn't care about. That that kind of stuff. You didn't even think of it in those terms. No, I did. I'm just who I am now. Yeah, right. And okay, so bring so us. So then, to... then this God molecule concept. Yeah, of like, yeah, what yeah. is this stuff? What do you mean? There's a substance that people claim they can encounter God. That's interesting. What ah? What is that? It's almost like the little boy at communion. You're yeah. like. Hey, like, what are they taking there?
0: What's going on over here? Yes. You're, you're saying something that interests me.
1: Yeah, So yeah. that thing
0: is still inside you, obviously. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then I started reading uh, and getting into podcasts and reading about, about the research around psilocybin. Um, and I started reading firsthand accounts of people coming through the studies uh, doing high-dose psilocybin sessions for end-of-life. And, and I started reading these. And, and by the way, psilocybin is it was, is magic mushrooms magic so it's, mushrooms yeah. Yeah. so psilocybin is the psychoactive component in, in mushrooms and, and in is,
0: 2016 2017 in my opinion anyways yeah. magic mushrooms was still big illegal drugs yeah, yeah that's that's the bad yeah. heroin meth mushrooms
1: yeah same, exactly it was on the same category same and menu it was yeah. just illegal drugs right. you know yeah. I had no understand. I had never done any reading on the history of the war on drugs and where that came from right. and how we got to this we just accepted this, I guess that's societal truth yeah I'm, it's one of the biggest mistruths of our culture, but that's another podcast about um, drugs and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I started to read these first-hand accounts, and and they moved me. They were, and it got my curiosity. Uh, people were claiming to have these um, personal encounters with with God, their versions of whatever God was, uh, and they couldn't put any other language to it but to say either I. And and this would happen. Regardless of their religious background, regardless of whether they're atheist, regardless of whether right, they're Muslim, right. Christian, they had, it doesn't matter the scaffolding which you grew up with around notions of you know what your God was. You would have an experience of some kind of some kind of energy source that felt personal and connected to you in in a, in a way. And I thought that's that got me really intrigued. Do you, what like
0: what? Was it just that there was an experience? Was it, or yeah. a certain kind of experience, yeah. or or was it just so novel that you're interested? It was a novelty,
1: and then you know, and then here's the rea- and, and then here is, and I've I've asked them if I can out them in this kind of level. Um, my my kids were experimenting with mushrooms, and mm. and so I began to hear stories from my daughters about uh, their experience with this stuff and
0: um just yeah what kinds of things were you hearing
1: i was hearing these exact stories which is um dad i had an amazing afternoon um i was with two friends and we did you know four or five grams of mushrooms and i connected to the source of the universe and and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, now it becomes no longer a study I'm reading about from Johns Hopkins. Wow. It's my own daughter right, right, right. who is now, you know. And in the beginning, she wouldn't be, she wasn't so forthright. She, we knew that there was experimentation. And uh, again, we were pretty wide open with our kids to be able to navigate life the way they wanted. Um, and so and they're adults. They're adults, right. right. So, I mean, at this time, they were, yeah, teenagers and that kind of stuff but they uh i began to ask questions and said okay hold on a minute if uh, you're having these kind of experiences tell me what it feels like what's going on and i got really curious and then they really opened up and said okay you want to know dad let me tell you what's what how this works and what goes on and and that i think was a huge thing for me and you and i
0: were talking at the same Mm -hmm. time we would we would whenever we would do our little meetings because we kept even though nexus wasn't going on we were just still kind of curious about yeah. things and we loved talking together because yeah. remember we would leave lunches and go, there's nobody I talk to like you. Our, mm-hmm. our lunches. And you, st- you, I, you know, when I've told my story, and I will another yeah. day, um, like you're the one that I said, Peg was the one who started it for me, right? It, mm-hmm. Peg, Peg came
1: to me and started saying, hey, you're a therapist. Yeah. You know, this stuff is therapy stuff. Yeah, that's, and so then that, that's the, it moved from my fascination with God and, and it, how you could connect with that to this has healing potential done in the right setting and in the right context in a therapeutic context this these types of experiences have the ability to uh quiet down the amygdala the fear response inside of us take out the default mode network that just is that busy activated that just that spinning mind that we all live in so much that that gets quieted down and it's almost like the gears of you know, like the cogs and the wheel, and it—a clutch happens, and the—and the—and it's like the separation of those gears just happen with this substance. And I began to hear about the the neurotransmitters that were involved. I was fascinated with the neuroscience, and I was reading the Robin Cartwright Harris stuff yeah, from I'm sure. Imperial College and yeah. the brain imaging of the neural networks that begin to open up when you're on this substance, and actually. Neuroplasticity of our brain is accentuated by these entheogens, these molecules that open our ability up to connect with our notions of the divine. They access this stuff, and you can see it in a brain map. And I'm like, holy cow, we've got science that can track this? I want to figure this out and experience it. But you hadn't experienced Nope, it. I hadn't. It was yet. still just talk,
0: talk, talk, still, and read,
1: read, read, and listen, yeah. listen, listen. And... Yep. Yeah. And, and hey, there was still, uh, it was so unknown. I wasn't with a bunch of people that were doing mushrooms. Like, hey, I was lucky enough. I had a daughter that would let me in on some of her experiences. But and uh, Joe and Kyle, yeah, and so done. then we, yeah, then we took a course on exploring psychedelics for clinical, you know, counselors and therapists. Yeah, it was yeah. an online course, and we said, let's take this course and learn about this stuff and learn about safety. And uh, and so Stan Groff. yeah, we got yeah. involved, and I just started reading, like. Man, I, I, uh, like I do, like you uh, do, I, I, you're nerded, taking the uh, adult
0: baptism class. Yep,
1: exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I was probably cause it was, you know, at this time, uh, I was probably spending maybe 20 hours a week reading and listening to podcasts. Uh, it was a more than a part-time job. I became obsessed because yeah. there was something down this rabbit hole that I knew could help heal humanity.
0: And if we look back, it was really around twenty eighteen that all of a sudden podcasts started to explode yep. in general. Yeah, in general, podcasting became a thing. But also psychedelics. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right? And then you could just go boom. How many? Let's find. I could. I could be listening to ten hours a day of podcasts on psychedelics. I mean, you now were listening to. I know. I you was. go for your big long runs. Yeah, and just listen, I listen run, listen. and listen to three hours yeah. and. And uh, come back just mind-blowing and ordering books and yeah. <laughs> just going nuts on this stuff. And, and yet the, the therapeutic kind of healing aspect really came online for me. And I began to see, wow, the potential. But I never left my, my true deep thing inside, which was there's something here for you, Peg. There, this isn't just about healing. Um, this is about you. Okay encountering something deep inside so you, you
0: you were pursuing something very personal and deep through all the yeah. study and yeah. uh, you know brain candy yeah. stuff and all that yeah. yeah
1: and then you like yeah a... and then we uh we went to uh i remember that we went to morocco you and, and heather even heather and i went to morocco and uh we had a three-week trip there and um I remember. I remember
0: you trying to tell me you tried to find weed in Portugal or something like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, in in northern Morocco, northern Morocco, yeah, in Tangier, just <laughs> trying to find. Oh my goodness, it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, they and I found we found it. It was terrible quality, but we did did find some. I, maybe another
0: time, but yeah. I would I would be curious. Just maybe we don't have time now. Just the threat of. Of cannabis in your mm. journey too, because you oh, started. Yeah. That was ten years earlier yeah. that yeah. that
1: started, but yeah. eight years or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so you guys are. Oh, and yeah, and I, I, I mean, that's another. I think I'm my growing appreciation of cannabis um, is my respect for that plant. To me, it's the most important. For me, yeah. no, it's no, the no. most important plant for for my life. Full stop, and that's a big statement to go. Whoa, here. Yeah. You're, make, you're making. A, a, I don't know it's big as. It's just really interesting. It's For me, it's it's a yeah, really yeah. very important plant for yeah. me, uh, and and particular how it's really helped me navigate my, my ADD and how I think my meditation. And I we could make a clearly expanded your consciousness
0: to the level that you wanted to go explore psychedelics. Yeah, I mean, that I don't think right.
1: that, that's a stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I want yeah, yeah, to explore that another time. A little the, bit, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we came back and. Um, uh, while 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 we were gone, I uh, I had a bunch of books and I'd read and I had I had remember re- I read uh, what's his name who has uh, has that book um, he, he's got uh, Oh, diamonds guy? crashing crashing what's his name the oh uh, crashing. Pete Pete Holmes Pete Holmes Pete Holmes yeah I remember reading Pete Holmes's book uh,
0: by the way totally if you come from a religious evangelical background yeah God sex. Comedy, something. Yeah, like God that. Sex Comedy. Comedy by, Sex by, God, by, or whatever. Whatever, yeah. by
1: Pete Holmes. Yeah. It's a must read. It's a must read. It's great. Yeah. And uh, he does it in such a beautiful, accessible way. Um, and one of the chapters he talks about his first encounter with Magic Mushrooms. Right, right. Um, yeah. And getting high and, and what happened to him. The Lewis Universe. The Lewis universe, universe open. Open, yeah. And I just thought, oh, okay. There's other people, and so I read that in Morocco, and that was the last little tip for me. And, and as far as just feeling going, oh, I got to do I'm this. I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm, ready to, yeah. I'm you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I had my first first big experience, and uh, um, therapeutically, and it was, yeah, I'll, I'll, it'll, it'll be the, one of the top three experiences of my life. You want to talk about it? Yeah, like, I'd love yeah. to, love to talk about that experience. I mean, uh,
0: I did not. And yeah. like coy about it. I mean I was there. Yeah, I know. Right? It was yeah, you, you were the first person I held space for. Yeah. Patient one. Yeah. It was you. Yeah. And as and I had already had mine at that point. Yeah. And which was a, another day for, another trip, another day, but changed my life. But watching you go through those six hours mm. was almost as powerful as what I went through in mm.
1: my own. Yeah. I'd, tell us the story, man. Yeah. Man, it's it's like a really it's beautiful and sacred and it's so uh, we started we smudged, yeah you, smudged the room smudged with the sage room, and we're doing the best odd. we can to yeah. go hey this uh, we we knew early on uh that these medicines came through us through a lineage an indigenous lineage yeah. of, of of first nations peoples that had used these these substances in ceremonial ways for thousands of years specifically we not, this mushroom particularly this this yes yeah, psilocybin mushrooms um, and whether it's from the Aztec, the the Mazatec tradition in Mexico, or down in Brazil or Peru, uh, or in Siberia, but probably or in, in British Columbia, there's yep. this good old the Yeah, the H- highland people have some of the most ancient uh, ceremonies around these kinds of things, and um, and just the, the the concept of altered states uh, of using either uh, music or drumming or dance, which is at a whole other way to access altered states um, this would have to be a plant you know a mushroom allows your brain to move into altered an altered state but there's other indigenous methods that they've used for thousands sure, of years sure. in longhouse and uh to get this same experience it's their science it's just yes yeah. and it's been uh, the shamanic cultures around the world have been united they don't know they didn't know that's the study of, of cultures around the world they all have this exact same thing that they do. They don't know each other. They've unbeknownst to each other when when, when and, you know anthropologists study these cultures, whether it's untouched peoples in Brazil to Siberia to wherever, they all have these methods, these ways of getting into trance like altered states to allow people to feel healing on their insides. Oh, and so we knew that the mushroom came to us from a community, right. and we wanted to respect that. And so that's why we did the smudging. And so then yeah, to, you, you put you shades uh, on. Yeah. I, I mean, not a yeah. lot of
0: people can even picture in the right. mind what, what this might happens. look like. you were on a bed. Yeah, it was. Uh, you're with me, as someone that you yep. felt safe with. Headphones.
1: So headphones. A and playlist a, from John Scapens. John Scapens. Very specially curated by Bill Richards. Bill, Bill Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. Sacred he, knowledge. He, sacred yeah. knowledge. He had put this playlist together based upon the kind of the rise and fall of, of the trip experience, which is about a four and a half, five hour experience. And he used a lot of Western classical music in the beginning that asked really big, dude, you know, big, emotionally energy, evocative. Yeah. Very emotionally evocative. He's trying to engage that experience inside Tried of him. Trying to invite the hard feelings to mm-hmm. come forward, right? The, yeah. And and so what was it like for you? You,
0: you started do you oh, remember how yeah, it started? Yeah.
1: I remember just like uh, okay, here we go. We're I'm taking a large dose of this stuff grams, and right? yeah, and uh, uh, no, 6.1 grams was Six a very, yeah, we waited out and like, okay, let's do it here. And it got a big hero's dose. And um, I remember, you know, after about 20 minutes starting to feel a kind of a tingling in my body um, because I was a regular cannabis user. I knew how to relax into, sure. you know, uh, medicine, which is, you know, it's, for people have n- never had cannabis or anything besides like it's not alcohol it's nothing like it's alcohol is a suppressant like it it's the it's the opposite experience of a heart opening thing like you know like mushrooms it's or, or cannabis
0: someone said to me recently was it you or maybe bill someone said to me the difference between cannabis and alcohol is alcohol doesn't ask anything for no it. Yeah. Like, it's just there. Yeah. Right? You just... Yeah, but, whatever. But you always know when cannabis is on board, it's like, hey, I'm here. Yeah. We're going to
1: be doing something. Yeah. Whatever that something is. Yeah. And and the mushroom... So you were used to having yeah. to work with that... that I can breathe into it and relax my body. And you re- it works really well with breath and just really, you know, just breathe. And within, yeah, within half an hour, 40 minutes, the music really started to take over. And I can, began to feel all of like all of my thoughts just disappear and I just began to feel into the music Uh, felt like my awareness of where I was was inside the music somehow not in like that's the best explain I you know way I could kind of think of it so then I was on this journey and um, it began to be very visual It, it, it actually um, it felt like a movie. Like the best experience I could have was I was an observer. I was sitting there and there was an you know, IMAX movie about to take place. Like, and I was watching a movie of my life, of experiences of my life curated by my subconscious for me on display with metaphors and connections pre-built into it to help me make sense of my life. Wow. It was like... Who was the director that put this movie together for me? Who's directing? Who's directing this? How did my, you know, Who's displaying my life to me? Who's doing this? How is this possible? (laughs) I'm the one watching it. So how can I be doing it? Like that was very odd for me. And, you know, now again, having the language to understand that we, we use language like your inner healing intelligence. We use language like, you know, that you have this, these deep archetypal, concepts inside of us that yeah. we've evolved with from millions of years of ancestors inside of our DNA inside of our our our, our being is these themes of death, rebirth, love, connection, belonging, beauty. Beauty. Yeah. Those are those are what we call archetypal. They 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 transcend culture, they transcend time, they transcend every human experience, every human connect with these themes that's why great novelists and great filmmakers tap into the archetypes right because that they want their story to connect it'll land somewhere in the
0: brain the brain knows these archetypes yeah i remember the well there's probably lots going on but the first thing i really remember is all of a sudden you just exclaimed i i just got born or
1: something (gasps) like that yeah yeah so yeah so my you know yeah my, my trip was um Again, I'm. I, I'd love to look back in my notes um, to do it. I, I I should have, but I'll just get. Oh, whatever comes to me yeah, is yeah, beautiful, yeah, sure. right? Um, my story began with my parents. Um, in my visual, my parents were teenagers, and and then they they met, and it's like they met and got married, and kind of conceived me. And I I was watching their narratives, like both my, um, how do I put it? Um, I began to feel into what it would be like for my dad to be my dad. Mm. And all of the stories that I'd known of him growing up, I began to feel into that. It's such a different experience than to to him to tell me what it's like or for me to even ask questions, what was it like growing up, dad? This gave me a heart experience mm. of what it was like to be uh, to be raised in the way he was and to be... In a quite a rigid system, with a with a really a harsh father that he had. My grandfather was a harsh guy, and was really dealing with his own traumas. Still um, coming out of Russia when he did, and seeing the kind of horrors that he that he saw, and the only way he knew how to respond to that was to traumatize others. And he was brutal, and abusive. And my dad felt that. And you felt that. And like. I felt into my dad's experience. And so, for one of my first times in my life, I felt true empathy for my father. Mm. And I had, I love my dad. And I'm I know, sure he's going to do. He, I'm, he'll be listening to this. You've one
0: day. always still you love
1: I've always my, my dad and mom. And, and, and yet, my dad and I have been always trying to find ourselves like, dad, you're still holding on to a kind of a worldview that I find so problematic yeah, yeah, so we idea. just clash and not yeah. not in a not a, just we're like missing each other yeah, you yeah, know yeah. and in this trip it was the first time i just wept for my dad and i just felt for him and i and so that was a big shift for me and then i felt for my mom and i felt into my mom's experience uh, what it would be like for her and how hard she struggled to find her own voice as a woman in the church she was a career woman she wanted yeah. to You know, and this was the 60s and 70s where women in the church didn't have full-time jobs. Like to be a good, you know, good Christian woman, a Proverbs 31 woman would be to stay at home and keep a good house and make the dinner for the Sunday guests that come over. I can imagine people scrambling the computers, Googling up Proverbs 31 31 woman. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You'll get some hits. Exactly. And so my mom was like, no, I... I'm a lab tech. She was uh, right, right. She started. You know, she worked her way up in a She's corporate in health in sciences, company, yeah. health sciences, and yeah. worked working for uh, you know with disease. And she was uh, looking at you know pathogens and on screens and labs. And then began to work for BC Bio and ran labs and had like 130 people underneath her and was an incredibly strong, leader. intelligent female leader. Yeah, yeah. And that's who I was raised by. Is a thinking, you know, smart, but if I'm strong you, woman, and subjugated. Yes, yeah, in that system. In the right. in the Christian in, in the and system, and system. Yeah. system yeah. In. yeah, And so I began to feel into that experience for her mm. for the first time in my life, feeling what it'd be like for my mom. And, and then, I uh, I felt this, yeah, this kind of in utero. I don't know. I what know. It, Words. I don't know. You know, what? whatever it is, there's this concept of, again, whether it's archetypal or whether you're getting access to actual memories in uter. I don't know yet. I think the second, but whatever. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're like, yeah, these are these are body memories. We
0: we, we went through it. Most of us are born in very traumatic kind of ways. Yeah. It's natural. It's normal. Yep. I'm trying to say it's, it's wrong, but... It, Our brains are gonna like what the fuck is going on? It's gonna remember that, except there's no language. We have no
1: language. Yeah, we have no real
0: thoughts in that sense, like cogent thoughts. But our body, bodies remember, and and trauma is resolved through Mm. re-experiencing in the body. So sounds like that's what happened. Yeah,
1: and and I, I mean, yeah, Stan Groff is probably the best one on his, his perinatal matrix, which is like we all start in womb, in paradise, and then we go into darkness. And we're cast out of paradise. We go through a death into a tunnel. We go through darkness, and then we're into the light. And we go through the death, rebirth, and uh, we're rebirth into uh, into the life that we're in here. And we're in essence cast out of the garden. And we have to reattach. You know, so he has these really interesting yeah, very, these meri, peri, perinatal matrices perinatal Matrices. Yeah, that's great. Trying to make sense of these of what's happening in these psychedelic experiences. But something happened to you. Yeah. And I felt myself being born. And I uh, I just remember, again, do I not remember the no, it's it's a concept, it's conceptual. You experience still. something. Experience something. Because all again, all yep. I remember
0: is yep. you just declared, exclaimed. Yeah. I just got born. Yeah,
1: that's and what it, it felt like. Yeah. And I felt the I felt like the applauding of the universe when I kind of came into the world, and uh, I felt the energy shift in the room. It
0: was unmistakable. You burst into something, Mm -hmm. and the next three and a half hours of your experience were just like watching, watching. uh, I don't know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. (laughs) Like you were just like you just were (laughs) like. amazed yeah. you were
1: amazed at what you were learning yeah for the next yeah. three and a half hours feeling experiencing and it's um it's so different than typical cognition right so we it's different ways of knowing and so it's a a different way of knowing is it's it's not reading or cognitive knowing it's a deep felt sense of knowing it's like when you know you feel loved is different than someone's, you know, saying, reading, out, oh, you are loved," or saying to you, "I love you." Right, but it's another thing to say, "I feel yeah. the love yeah. of the universe toward me." That's a, that's a, that's a different thing. Oh, well, it's it.
0: It's so it is different. I don't even struggle with the words myself. Yeah. It's foundational. It's core. Yeah, and and it's strong.
1: It's very strong. Yeah, right. it's it's the strongest force
0: I've ever it's encountered. It's truth at a level yeah. that is just different than us in the West
1: and yeah. experienced it you know yeah. I, I, and, and that I think is a good it's a good point to kind of it's some of the stuff's coming back now it I began to go what's like again trying to get language to what was experience what was happening there right you 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 begin to think about uh, some of the Christian mystics that had these transformative experiences that you know whether it's Paul on the road to Damascus. Uh, Damascus having this like being blinded. Like what does that mean? Those are these are metaphors for trying to explain what happens when you're in camp, when you truly experience the full love of the divine presence in your Ooh, life. Well said. It overwhelms you. You have no faculties to be able to handle. There are no words that are there going to no explain words. this. Yeah. It's like a fire hydrant of pure energetic love that filled my entire being it's almost
0: like you go oh i have no more
1: questions i got no more questions
0: that you just explained it all yeah that one moment explained
1: yeah and and so you might say well okay then you know well how do we what does that mean though you had this big feeling you just had you were on drugs peg that's all it was it was you had a big feeling of being on drugs, that's what you're... Okay, you know, this is where... That's the, a dismissive, right?
0: I'm well, not, maybe yeah. that is, but it, it to me, it also is an important question, right? Is this experience just a six-hour trip mm, that you had, right. or does it move now into your life? That's and right. I mean, I started this whole unveiled with you to say, you're a different guy, mm-hmm. and you changed that day. Yeah. I mean, if I had to as As a human that gets a, an opinion on your life, I had to like bookmark it. Yeah. and and uh, I mean, what were some of the pieces that I noticed? the The strongest one peg had to do with the feminine.
1: yeah, yeah, and that was uh, so that was a big one. i um I heard my I heard my mother singing, my my Lydia, my mother singing to a baby. And then I realized in my experience, oh, I'm the baby. I'm the baby she's singing to. I'm mm-hmm. hearing my mother's voice, and I'm seeing The best ball- energy
0: in the universe, by the way. Yes. Mother
1: to child. And I'm, I'm being held by her, and she's singing to me, and she's staring at my me eyes. chills, man. And I just see, I remember seeing her eyes, and her just singing to me as a baby. And I was just bawling, feeling that, that feeling of, a mother singing to her son as a little child. And press pause on, on kind of my trip experience, just to just where you know where that went is that was such a profound experience of me feeling my mother sing to me and the feeling of the love of a mother to a son uh, about how special I felt in that moment. It was so visceral and so embodied that I couldn't get it out of my head. Every night I would go to sleep with that feeling in my body for about a, two weeks later, and I was like to, I said to Heather I feel like I got to talk to my mom about this That you do I do that I I want to talk to my mother who's an 85 years old and I want to say to her uh, I want to tell her what happened I think I've got to tell her what happened that I this experience this. and I don't is this just a weird metaphor or I don't know but It felt like I'd want to talk to her about it. And she's like, okay, go talk to your 85-year-old mother about mushrooms, Peg. I'd like to hear what happens. And she giggled. And so, yeah, I went to my mom and dad's place the next day. And I sat them down. And I said, I need to tell you something that happened to me that I cannot shake. And I've got to bring you into this experience. And here they are, these beautiful, you know, aging parents sit there. And I just got all teared. I teared up and started crying and I said, I had a, a real, I took mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms, and I had an experience that felt as real as anything I've ever experienced in my life, Mom, and it involved you. And she sat there and we were two feet across and I started crying and I said, I had this vision of you singing to me. And she started crying. And... Uh, she came over, and put her hands on my face. Her boy, and she said, "Oh, Randy, I love you. I remember singing to you as a little baby. I remember one time in particular. You had fallen, maybe you were about one and a half or one, and you'd fallen and hit your head, and you were crying and crying, and I just picked you up and I didn't know how to to, to comfort you, so I just." Kept on looking at you in the eyes and singing to you and singing. And I was crying and just singing. And and I'm, I mean, she's telling me this. I'm like, that that look right there that you're giving me right now. That's the look I felt. And we just sat there. I held her face and she held mine. And we just sat there. And this 85-year-old grandmother. It's like midnight gospel. Yeah. She just said, I love you. I love you. You're beautiful. And I'm like, I'm just sobbing. Yeah, yeah. And my dad's sobbing just watching this happen. How could you not? And I'm like, so how, how did that happen? I mean, I, that's a real life experience that was triggered by a mushroom experience that kind of closed that loop for me. And uh, I mean, my relationship with my mom and dad have never has never been the same. It, it, it has tr- tr- dramatically deepened our oh, yeah. relationship. I mean, I, I see them once a week. I go over there once a week. And we sit in tenderness Beautiful. and softness and love.
0: You began talking to
1: me um,
0: about a realization that that was your mother. Mm. But it was also yes. divine, yeah. the divine in your mother. Hmm. Representing
1: something. The yeah. Realty. Which yeah. is all, it's yeah. your mother and it's also yeah. the divine feminine. And that, and that was, I think, such a... And so it involved Heather. Yeah. And so I, ha- I began to see these images, these people, these women in my life that began to come forward. And they were these big, beautiful, like, almost, almost, like, I was smaller, but they were like 20 feet tall, it felt like. I was dwarfed under their presence. And I saw these beautiful, soft, caring women in my life drawing me, smiling at me, delighting in me. And they were Heather. And, you know, my sister-in-law, Lee, and my mother, and my daughters. daughters yeah. And these four beautiful, now adult women in my life, yeah. my four daughters. And I saw their loving energy. And I saw Jerusalem, who I'd been working with, and had just been so fortunate to be close and connected with her. And all of this beautiful feminine energy around me. and I, And I realized that they kind of, I saw them, and then they began to almost like, like morph like oh it's so weird but they all just kind of combined into one and what was left was this uh, what felt like energy a creative loving energy form that was feminine and powerful and eternal but it had a direction to it it felt like there was a pattern to where this hmm. beautiful feminine energy was moving in the universe and it felt like a river like I could it had it had definitive sides and it had boundaries or it had it has a flow and a pattern mm. to it but it, it had a feel to it and it felt like all these women that had been in my life that's what God became this God force of of this divine feminine force and I um, realized how masculine my version of God had been mm. and how it had eclipsed half of, or more than half of what God was really like. That God wasn't a man in the sky that you pulled levers and did anything. And it was more like a mother singing to his, her son. It, God was more like that than any other version I'd ever seen. And um, I, it, was a, it, it connected at the heart. And this feeling of being loved and connected to source, the divine source of all things, was right deep inside me. And I could feel it and it didn't go away and days went on and weeks went by and months went by and I'm like, this is still present in my, my life, This the feeling that I'm loved at the core of my being by divine mother, yeah. divine source, that that was the bedrock that I began to feel. So that's
0: a fascinating because you're saying this is what was shifting inside of you and um, Got about ten minutes left. I, I, is hmm. um, being around you, though, right? Your what everybody around you began to notice was Peg is softer,
1: hmm.
0: quieter, but not in a
1: yeah, not like in, a, so in a in an energy
0: way, mm. but not in a like you're still you. Yeah. Um, hmm. uh, one 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 of our friends said, Peg is just listening now hmm. and as you know I knew instantly what he meant when he's told me I went yes yeah that's yeah it's just he's bringing a presence to people now and and that in my judgment man that was 2019 mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: that was only the beginning
1: yeah it is just carried on so yeah I think so where are you are, today who oh man you know, and then there's this other weird little factor that I, I haven't even fully understood yet. But um, that one experience I've had, again, I am a guy who loves experiences. So, you know, I... Have, You're a bit of a psycho Yeah, now. totally. And now I'm like, you, oh, I love this water. It's you, like surfing to
0: me. You though. swim in those waters as oh. easily and effortlessly as anybody I know. <laughs> I would say, I don't even think mm. it's close. And that's a real beautiful gift. Yeah, of, of it is a spirit, gift. It's not, energy. Not, not
1: everyone can engage. And I, I can't. And it wouldn't. I, I can't. I'll be
0: real honest. Yeah. And me and psilocybin, as beautiful and important yeah. as it's been, we fight. You know that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's uh, you've just had. You have an ease with it. Mm. Um, and so
1: yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We, so one of, and one of the big the kind of uh, just the life hacks or the the downline effects was uh, I I didn't notice it right away because I wasn't paying attention to it. But Heather said to me. About four months later, ah, uh, I notice you're not as scattered as you. I go, what do you mean? And, and and she said, hmm. She said, what's how does it what does it feel like in your, in your day to day mind? And I was kind of trying to get she goes, you're ADD. Mm. I was like, oh oh. I began to notice that over the ne- coming weeks after my first psilocybin trip, there was like a reordering of how my brain worked, so mm. that the I used to kind of wake up and have just a flood of a million things and almost feel like there's too many things to do. i got to do this and that and get almost like rattled. kinetic energy. Yeah. And you'd be around me and i in those states and you'd be over this, 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 this. I can do a million things. And you're like, and it's almost kind of nervous being around someone who's so, you know, agitated, but it's good agitation. And you were always in a good mood. Oh, I'm always happy and good, but I can do a million things. and, And that, that changed. Like, there was just this calm that came over my mind. I wonder I if think, it's connected to the central nervous
0: system, yeah. being more regulated, yeah. being more calm, just as you're experiencing feminine
1: holding mm. in your life. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I, just, I, that's, that's what I'm curious yeah, about. So yeah. that was just a experiential of what it was like to to be me. And then the idea of of being quiet. Like, I remember I put on, uh, I think it was the January 2020, I uh, wrote... I think I said this one somewhere, but I wrote him my Instagram account. Uh, this is going to be my theme this year. I'm pursuing this in my life. Uh, stillness. Mm. And uh, and I remember a friend of mine, it was Barry Ratzlaff. He'd, he had commented, he said, Peg, stillness? I'll be that'll be the day, or like of all things, <laughs> I, I, I'll be. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, got, I'm curious. you got me interested. Yeah. You know, how, what is that? Yeah, and, yeah for uh, sure. Uh, and yeah, that, um, the idea of being alone in my mind became some of the most exciting. It was such a beautiful, creative, loving space to be in. Mm-hmm. And the idea of sitting and meditating, uh, of learning to quiet my mind, and the discipline of learning to do that, I'd never yeah, done you, that.
0: you took it to. Well, you know, not that I have to rank it, but just what I'll say to like world class levels. You were you were getting into practices that, you know, not for the average human, right? Too.
1: Yeah, and and again, I you begin to say, well, how do you isolate which of these things? You know, psilocybin started it all. So yeah, that's no, just, no, you, it, it was the like, right. Well, your whole yeah, story, said yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But
0: I mean, Peg, in the last year, you've had significant healing experiences. Yeah, yeah. You know that have been. Again, that weren't part of your psilocybin experience, yep. but yep. emerged later on yep. through your relationship with the, uh, you know, the shamanic yep. kind of stream that you're yep. in now. And and I've watched that. What I I hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't even. It's it's too dismissive to say you're a completely different person because that suggests that the person yeah, that wasn't right, the right. my best friend and I loved him. It's, so you're still that guy. You're still peg. Yeah. But there is, I I think you know the the healing that you've allowed happen. You mm-hmm. you finally stopped and said, hey, wait a minute, wait a mm-hmm. minute. Those things did happen yeah. to me, and, yeah. And I got I got shit still on yeah. those things, and to allow those things to kind of work their way through, I think is taking you again to a different level of, yeah. like I mean, we we've talked about it. Maybe again, it's an interesting conversation for another day but there is a um, the word i'll use there's a there's a healer or a therapeutic you mm. that has emerged in the last i don't know 6 6 months yeah that i did not know i mean mm. if you'd say like Barry says uh, I'm, Still, cur- yeah, I'm very, see very curious where this is going to go if yeah. you'd say it's 2021 peg Peters will be will come onto the <laughs> onto the block as a healer i'd be like it's, it's not that i don't think peg is a healer or can't be a healer just... I don't think he's interested in being a human. It's just like it's not his calling. It's not right. who he is. He's doing this. Right. He's run for water, oh, and yeah. and he's like, uh, and you know, you talk about inspirational. What's your thing? Transformational yeah.
1: moments or creating transformative experiences. You know that,
0: that, and that kind of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but uh, I, you know, I'm just like jaw dropped mm. as I've wow, watched dude. this other human just kind of emerge you're like wow. you're you're
1: leading me now wow. in a group i'm in right now and yeah i think that's like finding finding tools that that help people connect um outside of medicine like okay yes we call these you know we we use these uh psilocybin and these other kind of tools they're they're just enhancers like they're just they just they're assists right they just it's like the night you know remember the kit car from the '80s, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Night like, Rider, yeah, Night Rider, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, Night yeah. Rider, and then he had this kind of nitrous, like you could press the button and you're going like I don't know, boom! But you get the the nitrous kicks in, nitrous oxide yeah, yeah. in the thing, and I, I remember just that was a cool concept of you know nitrous, nit- like laughing gas, yeah, but it was, wasn't it? <laughs> whatever you know, it was, nitrous or whatever the thing Some was, nitrogen you was, press the button and, and it enhances speed. your speed, right? Yeah, that's what these things, these 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 are just tools, yeah, and I'm. I came across some. Yeah, you know, we can explore this a little bit more. But I came across some beautiful research about a year year ago on on how to create kind of what we call trauma informed groups that allow people to really feel safe and roots to thrive. These roots to thrive. Yeah. And so I got trained in that at Vancouver Island University, um, and then brought that. Got a team out here uh, with doctors and and nurses and, and and therapists and others to really like. I think there's a model here that needs to come into our community and it can be enhanced with medicine when it's needed, but it doesn't need medicine as well. It can just be this beautiful healing kind of place where people are, um, where they just learn to feel safe with one another. And you create a structure whereby you can be authentically showing up with one another and feel seen, Mm. feel heard, feel understood. And I found a model that works and I'm like, I love this model, yeah. and so that that really got me excited. And so I've been uh, I've, this is I've led five groups now um, with eight to ten people in a group, and uh, so I've I've learned a lot each group. I've, I've been learning and done a group with a group of therapists. That was an incredible learning experience, helping therapists understand this model mm-hmm. and, and all during COVID. All I mean, during COVID, yeah. And, and and again
0: from the outside peg, um, you know, because you weren't allowed to travel to Africa. Yeah. Uh, your 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 people in on, in Ethiopia had to find their own way without yeah. you guys. It's yeah. been been pretty hard for them. Very and, hard. uh and their civil and, war broke out there. Yeah, the civil war, and and recently you've changed uh kind of your relationship with uh, Run For Water. So you're yeah. no longer like going to be the main yeah. main guy. You're more in a kind of an ambassadorial. Yeah, still we're doing gonna
1: sp- we'll figure that out. Yeah, and, uh, it
0: sounds like it's still kind of being figured yeah, out. Yeah,
1: but a sense of like. uh it's my 15th year of Run for Water. This, uh, we'll, do, we'll do a race in May, and I'm excited about that. But I really am feeling a call uh, in probably the next year to, to move into some different things and yeah, to start exploring of, that. you kind
0: of said to me, you didn't know where things were going, but you needed to make space for it. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. It's not like I'm leaving Run for Water no, to no, no, start no. another job. Yeah, I don't want to be sure I'm that not I'm not saying that. that. You're still part of Run for Water. Yeah, but
1: yeah. no, but I am. my time at Run for Water is coming to an end. And I, I'm, I'll be honest about that. It's, it's, it'll have a different engagement. I will still be involved with my friends in Ethiopia to the way that, that, that feels right for me and I can help them. But I feel a different call right now. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really around creating safe communities for people to, 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 to experience healing and connection in. Um, that's, that's, that's what I want to do. And if, and it's deeply pastoral, Dave, does the group that used to be
0: known as Nexus tie into this somehow? I think so.
1: I think that that's, uh, it, you know, whether it's, you know, Nexus 3.0 or whatever it is, uh, or a different kind of iteration of that, that draws in people. But, I want to I want a journey with people that want to have ask these big spiritual questions yeah. that want to explore these kinds of um, these kinds of ideas of I hear, of healing. I
0: hear so many people not just like our former Nexus community but in the larger uh, British Columbia world that I'm kind of in people that that I would have no expectation that their brain would think in these directions say um, there is no structure. Mm. In around that is connects to what I'm thinking about, what's important to me, yeah. my values, and I so badly need yeah. it. Yeah. And yet there's nothing. I can't yeah. go to a church. Yeah. I'm not saying church is bad, but for these people they're saying, I, it, my church just isn't yeah. delivering. My yeah. my friendship group or my family group or whatever, however important they are to my enough. life, yeah. they're
1: not singing the tune yeah. that that I'm humming in my head. Yeah. Right. I remember there. There's this guy Johan Hari. I, I've mentioned his book called Lost Connections. It's it's a really good. He's a journalist, and he really talks about how how does our how did our our culture get to where it's at with the levels of anxiety and depression we're at. It's
0: crazy, by the way. It's post just COVID or fun. not post, but after yeah. COVID, it is.
1: Oh, I
0: did a webinar yesterday. Wow. Um, on Tuesday, I got a Safety Alliance said, hey, can you come in and just do a panel? And yeah. we got we got talking together. The state of things—it's not good. It's not good. If people are, and especially this Christmas, mm. is especially hard because vaccination issues are polarizing yep. families. Families don't know how to how to bridge that gap, so they're getting more disconnected. Yep. And the more disconnected, the more anxiety, the more addictions, the more yep. trauma, the more it—the the problems yep. are are escalating. I don't know how to solve those problems, right. but I I do feel like. Uh, can we create, like you say, safe yeah. communities is kind of a larger yeah. thing, but I'm, you know, can we create a community yeah. right yeah. here? like
1: a real brick and mortar kind of place. People like that to come together. Come together uh, in, in smaller groups with shared language, with this kind of way of relating that are open to spiritual questions without tie to any religion, but are open to exploring concepts of faith and healing and heart connection and would love to deepen their their own like what it means to be human. I want to to grow as a human being. So it feels I don't like I want to be stagnant, you know that vibe. Right, that what is an affront to the to the universe to stagnate. Stagnation ah. is 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 I love that concept that the worst thing for like the universe is for a human to get is to get stagnant in their own development, their and own growth. growth, yeah, and just get stuck. So, so you used the word a minute ago, pastoral.
0: Yeah, tell me about that.
1: Yeah, it's like, hmm, man. The best word I know to describe what I feel called to do is pastor. That's a loaded word because it's it is come, that different than shaman? Yeah. Shamans, yes, have yeah. Shamans have been people that have been the spiritual leaders in indigenous communities that have used altered states as ways to give direction and healing to people. Um, Pastor feels a bit more approachable for me because it's it's highly relational. Um, Okay, and and so I, I. the word pastor is triggering because it comes from a certain you know Christian background and that kind of stuff, and so there's a loadedness to it that I don't want people to be alienated by it. They go, sure. you know, I don't like that. Either. It's a,
0: it's a you know loaded word. For it's loaded. Sure. But it means yeah, something for you right now, it, but
1: sure. it's meaning something, and I'm like, can I reclaim that word? Can I reclaim that profession? Um, you know, like
0: it's like there's an energy going on inside of you, a calling, a, yep. a, an interest, a, an openness, and the word pastoral is a word that can
1: describe it for you. Yeah, it's the best way, it's the best word I have right now to give me a handle on what I'm feeling in me, right? So I'm at a place right now, I'm 51, I'm ending kind of my leadership at Rum for Water, I'm opening into, you know, I'm I'm working with my brother and we're gonna get a clinic going in town and it's gonna be ketamine and psilocybin and MDMA and all, as these medicines come online, There'll be a medical model in which for these to safely be used in our community to heal complex trauma and heal all sorts of things. But that's, that's just like 5% of my interest. Like, I'm, I love that. and, I'm so, and I, I really love yes, that. Yes, of course. I'm, right? That's rhyme die. Exactly, right? Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, yes. And I'm, I'm the one championing okay, and excited so about what's, that. What's the difference? What? The difference is this. What I'm really interested in is what happens after that. What happens after someone says, hey, I was in a therapy session and really encountered, I, you know, had MDMA. My trauma or God yes, or whatever. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Where do those people now go? So they've had this mm. profound experience. They've been doing some healing. They've got a new way of seeing themselves. And we're going to say, just go back out into the world and be re-traumatized yeah, by, good by luck the with systems. That. Good luck with that. Yeah. yeah. Because what happens is we have collective trauma as a, as a culture. We have patriarchy, we have capitalism, we have these systems that we're trapped in that continue to re-traumatize us. And we think it's 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 not a big deal. It's a huge deal. Thousands of years of way of a way of being that continues to devalue the deepest things that you value in your life. Mm. Connection, healing, hope. We used to be In these small tribes, where we could, in families, where we could be honest and authentic, and really be heart-centered with one another, and feel like people knew our deepest stuff, but religion has just destroyed any any kind of feeling that the church is a safe place. It's not. It's re-traumatized people. So the church no longer offers that. So where is the place where people go after they've they've kind of encountered some deep spiritual healing, deep you know trauma healing? Where do they land? You want to land somewhere, yeah. And yeah. I want to I wanna create a real-life community of people that begin to have that kind of connection. You know, I, I can imagine, because
0: uh, I see it now, I can imagine you, the look on your face when when those humans come into a place, as you oh. greet them into the place. Mm. It, like you came over, we're in my living room doing this podcast, and, you know, I came over and I said, oh, I had a, at a thing yesterday and you just lit up like that and oh i want to know about it dave mm. well tell me all that happened i'm mm. so interested tell me about that tell me about it. and that look you get on your face mm. i see the group yeah and it's not just like it's also when people start um sharing there's something you're bringing now which which invites humans to tell you real things mm. maybe even give words just to, to experiences and processes they never give word to and then You've, you've taught us this, this um, not exercise, wrong word, this process or whatever mm-hmm. called compassionate witnessing. Yeah. And you, you just, that's kind of who you are now. You're just yeah. kind of like this compassionate witness. Yeah. But you, you move into people's, you, you lock into them. Like only Peg Peters it. Mm-hmm. Everyone who knows you knows what it feels like like 15 years ago when Peg locked into you is like, a, it's like a, <laughs> a intensity, a relationship orgasm. It's yeah. this beautiful way uh-huh. you have about engaging people, but now it's got a depth to it, uh, mm. an emotionality to it that then and you you feel right into people and they and they feel seen, mm. they feel heard, they feel validated. I remember there's a Mm. I watched this video with Brené Brown on mm. the difference between empathy and sympathy, which I recommend to everybody. It's like two right. minutes and a little animation. But um, she's talking why sympathy doesn't work. And there's a little animation, there's little guys on, there's little bears on the floor and he's all sad and whatnot. Mm. And he tells this hard thing to the other person. And the other person said, whew, I don't know what to do with that, but I'm so glad you told me. And I went, yes. That helps us. Hmm. We, we don't, I don't know how to fix problems. Yeah. I don't even fix my own problems. Hmm. It's pretty complicated. Hmm. But to feel that I'm in relationship with someone, hmm. that I'm, that, that's how our brains like, and with the systems. Yeah. I'm with you.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? That's what you are yeah. bringing yeah. to humans. And yeah. to, if you, if your leadership can then bring it into a community, so we're all doing it with each yeah. other. Yeah.
1: And I think I can. Like, I think. You are doing yeah. that. In
0: my group, you're doing yeah. it. Yeah.
1: And I, I'm realizing that I can, we can replicate this. This is, there's a model now and it, you know, of, of how we can show up in these smaller kind of groups and then we can allow these groups to almost become like, I can imagine, you know, um, it's, it's, it's so funny cause some of my, I go back to like, Oh, is this just like old school care groups or cell group model? And it's, it's so not that because that had such a different agenda, you know? Well, it, it would
0: have been fine if
1: it actually did what we're talking right. about. It if it actually that, did make people so feel safe. So then it's safe. just a
0: thing. Exactly. It's just another it's item It's like a marketing on tool that you're right. just
1: selling Jesus or whatever. Right. And some people
0: yeah. got those things in those groups and then, then it's great. Then yeah. it's community and it's healing and it's yeah. great. Um,
1: yeah. So, so I think there's a possibility to, uh, I'm developing vision and plan about how to recreate, recreate, how to create a real community where they can show up once a month in, in this kind of way with one another to experience transformative experiences if, and connect with this the God. kind
0: God. of podcast, and, and again, we want to interview lots of people yeah. and go like, like, Hey, let's talk about the war on drugs. Let's talk about, there's lots of interesting topics we can explore, but if it's resonating, yeah. share this podcast. Yeah. Say, Hey. Because at least the podcast can be a starting place yeah. of beginning to identify affiliation or interest
1: yeah. or yeah, yeah.
0: swim in the same stream or it, yeah
1: if that if the concept of uh, of a psychedelic pastor is kind of intriguing and uh, for some people they go well, I don't I don't I don't want to have to do psychedelics and it's not whether you do or not do psychedelics no you've been pretty clear that's just yeah. an assist that's just an assist yeah and. It's it's the... night You can press the button and you can get a little... It does. It works. It's nitric oxide it's, it's kit kind of, car, it's whatever. Kid car or whatever. But if you're like, hey, I just like the speed of the the car by itself, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Sure, sure, sure. But for those that you want a and little a extra gear, good. we got we can help you there. Okay, but I, so... I'm excited about that.
0: Good. So let's kind of... I got a couple yeah, of... One sure. last question. So yeah. Give me a book, a TV show, a movie,
1: a mm. song, whatever. Just some media that's really kind of captured you lately. Oh, wow. You got me on... Uh, so I'm... Um, I won't go into it because you haven't watched it yet, but the movie Dune, okay. it, it, it was so big. That's very me. recent. That's so, recent. yeah, I just, I, I've, been st- I've been stuck with it. It's, uh, what what, what, what uh, was it? What, what connected with you? I, I'd never read it. I'd never been exposed to the Dune universe yeah. before. Um, I, again, you might think this is kind of funny, but the concept of spice, yeah. you know, yeah. the spice trade yeah. Yeah. Uh, and its ability to allow people to see visions is the, the no, overlap what
0: you're talking about exactly
1: right so i'm like and then then to add in not insult it just it was funny i just saw a text the other day paul stamets who is a big mycologist a researcher on fantastic Fungi on yeah.
0: netflix totally recommend
1: yeah. it yeah so paul stamets uh met the the writer of dune what's his name frank, frank herbert frank herbert and asked Frank said Frank tell me what was you know you wrote this in 1965 tell me what was your influence he says oh my psilocybin I took mushrooms in 1964 and it changed my life Frank Herbert Frank good? Herbert did no yep. way yep. <laughs> that's hilarious I took mushrooms and it changed my life and I used the concept of spice it was based on my experience isn't with mushrooms. that interesting and Paul Stamets it was like I knew it man yeah, I right, knew right, it, right, it was, right, right. so I didn't know that until after okay. the movie but it, it really comes up so you say go see dude it's, it sounds like it's a great yeah, movie it's a it's the, the new face, Star Wars on the star wars yeah but also just see if you can watch this spice mm, theme that's yeah the saying. spice theme yeah. of these this group of people who have learned to harness the ability to see to build the ability you know and then the whole the, you know the, the the group of women the benegessary or whatever they are called yeah yeah, yeah yeah these these seers that can begin to have access to you know uh bigger themes so um I, I love playing around in those big archetypal themes. That's I science love that. Fiction, that was, it's I love that. It was That's really great. good. So that was one. Um, another the other one was uh Ted Lasso. I people are talking about Ted
0: Lasso, Lasso. man. Yeah. I mean it's I mean it's a sweet yeah. uh series. I think of it, Peg, as it it's the elixir for for, for television yeah. or media. You yeah. Know? We're so we we've need been pounded down yeah. by the negativity of social media and whatnot. And all of a sudden, this positive, Mm life-affirming,
1: caring, broken. Yeah, that's what's so beautiful. Is This guy This is like, what if I coached differently? What if it wasn't just about the win? What if it was about pulling a bunch of misfits together and learning to teach them to love one another? And that in that process, that we all kind of get healed as a little community. It's like, I wanna be Ted Lasso. We're so attracted
0: to that energy. Uh, I mean it it is the it is a television thing. Yeah. People are like, hey, have you heard yeah, Ted Lasso? Have yeah. you watched Ted Lasso, right? Oh get into Ted Lasso energy
1: right yeah, now. It's yeah. what our world is. It's needs. corny. Yeah, it is. And but yet, it's, it's I, give me corny, man. I love I'm it. I'm done well, with cynicism. Yeah.
0: I want. Yeah, I want a view of my life, even in yeah. the midst of COVID and, and global warming and all of yeah. the political unrest we live in. I want a vision of my life that's hopeful. Yeah, that 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 says, hey, we we're gonna get through this. We let's pull together. Yeah. we're a yeah. we're a strong species. Totally, we know totally. how to do this,
1: right? Yeah, and I and I think I was just looking at like what what are the million the, the million what are the what books do I have in my Audible right now? Because I, I do a lot of books on, you know, on uh,
0: as you run the trails. Yeah, run the, the trails, SPL, right? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, this this book by uh, Johann Hari I mentioned, Lost Connections, really big, a very helpful book for me okay. to understand kind of how we got to where we are yeah. and why this is going on and why people are not connected and yeah. how to get connected. That was really that's been a big one. Uh, and then this. Um, you know, I, I, I know that I've I've mentioned this uh, in the past, but um, have I mentioned it here? Yeah, the the Brian Marescu book.
0: Oh Imar yeah, Tadiki. yeah, Immortaliki, great um, book.
1: Just a, such a good book on the. You history. You might have to give a primer on. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a, it's a little
0: scholastic. Yeah,
1: it's it. a it's a but it just gave me the again the tools to understand that early Christianity was was uh, he he's a, he uses what they call archaeobotany the ability to look at archeological items, use new kind of uh, laser spectrometer to be able to look at the substances on things. And he primarily looks at the wine chalices from early Christian uh, Eucharistic rituals. So the first 300 years of Christianity before it was taken over by Constantine and then made into a male-dominated hierarchy with male priests only and the only people that could access God or be or get you allowed to be confessed as a man, prior to that, women led the Eucharist in women's circles, and the Eucharist had evidence of spiked ergot mushroom in it. Uh, LSD, LSD, right? LSD, basically. So, basically, so what they would do is would give people these, and where did that come from? It was a carryover from the Greek Hellenic, right. H- Hellenistic tradition from uh, this place called Eleusis. And so Plato, Aristotle, all... all and itself over... was
0: probably from
1: India. Yes. Before that. Soma yeah. was this, yeah, this Soma, this, right. Soma, right, the, right. this ancient uh, brew brew that they would <laughs> Beer use. Beer or whatever, yeah. A, a psychedelic brew from India, yeah. which then came down into Nile and into Egypt. They used it there and then it moved into ancient Greek uh, Greece. And they, they used it at Eleusis and they used this spiked wine as a way to allow their intellectuals and their prophets to be able to access altered states so they can experience death. And resurrection. What
0: was that thing you told me that on the in a was Oh like yeah, a, it's, if you die, die before, before you
1: die, you won't die when, die when you die. Isn't yeah, great. Eh? If you die before you die, you won't die when you die. What does that mean? It's if you if you experience real death in this life while you're alive, emotionally, psychologically, everything. You go to death, whatever you have. You will no longer have any fear. It, the the, the yeah. fear of death is gone, and once the fear of death is gone. You begin to live with way more purpose, and this was written, yeah. carved, carved the it stone, It's still yeah. there. You right. can read it right now. Right. It's right. like this is so. What they were offering at Eleusis to the Greeks was uh, an experience experience of death. Of, and they, their 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 experience would be like three days of in a trance. You'd be into these. He was these, on uh, Ryan was Marescu po- talks about Christianity. And yeah, then but what like, podcast yeah. did it was it Tim. Uh, was he in, was he with Tim Ferriss? Uh, I think it was Tim Ferriss. Yeah, I would
0: recommend people starting with the podcast yeah. because it's pretty academic yeah. and it gives you a primer in. I just you know what just strikes me right now, Peg. You started this whole story with yeah. with, with the communion, mm. and
1: you you came full circle to the youth. Yeah. Yeah, the the Eucharist is far more mysterious. Now we've we've taken. But look at that little boy yeah. in. He was longing church. for a true connection. Like I
0: want this. I'm yes. curious about this wine and bread going yeah. by me. Yeah. And yet now here you are, 51, going. I understand. But I was longing for that liquid. Yeah. What it means to the life of Christianity in ways I had no yeah.
1: fucking idea of it. No clue. And and yeah, and isn't that a beautiful way to kind of arc, arc- this? But by, it's. Uh, Hey, dude, yeah! Thanks so it. much.
0: I love you so much. I I, love you I too, just dude. love. This is beautiful. I love who you. I mean, I've always loved you. So I, I again, my the risk of saying how much I'm in love with you right now is to suggest that I wasn't always. Mm-hmm. But there's just uh, there's there's like I'm. I told you, I'm just following you, man. Wherever you go, I'll just follow you. Mm-hmm. You know, because I know it's you're on the right. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're in the right stream, and I'm just so privileged to. Um, to, to be part of the music that, that you and all of us are creating so
1: well thanks David yeah. it's what a what a what a gift to sit with a friend who knows me so well and just tease out these stories yeah, for yeah, me yeah, right. it's been beautiful yeah. and there's a million things I'm gonna say I wish I said but we'll have lots of time to yeah. talk it's hopefully people can make comments on this yeah. I'd
0: love to engage kind of what this is brought up for folks and we can discuss I don't know if I have where we landed but you can get this podcast i think on, like all the night yeah major yeah things. We'll, post it up or maybe or get it, a sure. web page where people can actually post yeah. it once i get to that's, that's nice. okay. um uh,
1: thanks dave this is unveiled podcast baby. yeah
0: th- next next version whatever and we'll be you will do you next man yeah yeah unveiled dave okay thanks okay. man Cheers.